Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Welcome everyone to the BX Sports Jedi MMA Weekly with Austin and Chef Dan. I am Austin. It's my coach, Chef Dan. How you doing tonight, Chef Dan? Salute to you, Austin. Salute to everyone in the chat. Everyone joining us. All 5,480 of our subscribers. Thank you guys so much for helping us get over the 5,000 mark. And on our way to 5,500, potentially moving on to six. Thank you guys so much for joining us and for joining us, you know, not only on the YouTube platform where you guys have helped us make this achievement, but also on the podcast platforms, whether that be Google or or, or, or iTunes, uh, uh, you know, Apple, whether that be iHeartRadio, wherever you're joining us, Anchor FM, Spreaker. Thank you guys so much. Spotify. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are here, Austin. Yes, we are. To talk about the UFC, they took a break that we didn't ask for. Right, and right. And before we talk about this past weekend, just want to you know talk touch on what you mentioned. We just got five thousand subscribers on the YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody. Everyone subscribed to us. We appreciate the subscriptions, love support, and everyone that watches you know watches our show on podcast platforms. You mentioned Google, Apple, Spotify at heart speaker etc we all appreciate the love support you mentioned we're at 5,400 plus subscribers at the moment and and we're close to close to five uh, 5,500 and hopefully soon get 6,000 but that's a big milestone for us considering this channel is about a year old somewhere around there it's, it's I know it's around yeah. I think it was around June the channel started so for 5,000 a year it's pretty impressive considering live channels don't exactly get that it's just it's remarkable so shout out to all, all you you know shout 
shout out to every, all the fans. Shout out to you, Dan, my dad, my dad, Caputo, everyone's on the channel. Wow, wow, wow you guys, it's really possible. So thank you. And thank you, fan, thank you, subscribers, and thank all of you. Most definitely. And uh, with that being said, we got to get right into it, man. We got to get right into it. UFC Fight Night. This happened at the Apex Arena in Vegas. Uh, 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 excuse me, not in Vegas. Yeah, in yeah, Vegas. Vegas. In Vegas. Alexander Volkov versus Jairo Rosenstroik. Volkov wins this fight via TKO in the first round. I mean, in that first, first round. Vicious business, as you can see. And and Rosenstroik, yeah, the body language, that was it for him. You see Herb Dean coming in, that that body language, let him know that was it. And I, I really thought Volkov, man, it, it was exactly the way I said it was. If Jair Rosenstroik didn't set the pace, then Volkov was going to start to pick him apart. And Jair Rosenstroik tried to rush in a couple of times. He looked good doing it. But then he'd stop and get back into distance and let Volkov do what he does. And when Volkov found his timing, man, he just picked him apart. I mean, and really, that's just it for my, for my breakdown. Austin, what did you see from this fight? A lot of what you a lot a lot of what you said where where uh, Rosenstruck, you know, rushed in and but once he once he went back for distance, that's when Volkov they would pick him apart and. Rosenstruck threw a lot of heavy shots in this fight, but he missed all, by all of them, except for maybe one. But it didn't land clean at all, and and like he wasn't hurting Volkov at all. And, when, and once Volkov found the range, he really picked apart on um, Rosenstruck and was able to hurt him and hurt him and then hurt him. It was like the two minutes under three minutes left. That's when he started hurting him and hurt and then dropped him near the um, case side. And then once day was basically the beginning of the end for Rosenstruck. And I know some people want were questioning the stoppage from her Dean, but I thought it was the right call. You mentioned you mentioned when you first broke it, this fight down. I thought Rosenstruck's body leg was just not good at all. He was basically covering, but look, but turning away, not really trying to fight back or get up. I know some people say Rosenstruck got up, but that was like after her pulled Volkov away. If he hadn't done that, he wasn't getting up that easily at all. And we know Volkov's got power. Before his fight, he had 22 of his 33 victories were by KO and TKO. So you know Volkov's got power in his hands. And and that's something you gotta be aware of. And Herb Dean pretty sure is aware of it. And he saw Rosenstruck not doing, you know, not really intelligent defending himself. I mean, even if Herb didn't like step in that moment, it was only a matter of time for Rosenstruck to get hurt even more. And at that point, at that, you know, so, so at that point, Herb Dean did the right thing and stopped the fights. It, was, it wasn't, it was not a terrible stoppage. Like, like I said, I can understand me going a little bit longer, but it was not a terrible stoppage. Herb Dean himself had some bad stoppages. This is not one of them. This is a good stoppage from Herb Dean. And a very great bounce yeah, back form. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, a great bounce back performance for Volkov, considering three months ago in London, he lost to Tom Aspinall and got dominated, submitted in the first round. And, for, and he bounces back in three months, gets a victory against the top 10 heavyweights and reigns in the top 10. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. This was a great look for Volkov. You, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the commentary when they were speaking of Volkov, they were mentioning the 
a pre-fight uh, presser how he just kind of kept brushing off the Tom Aspinall fight. It's like, hey, man, he just got me in London. It is what it is. And he was just kind of letting it go, not letting that fight define him. And we see why he came in very confident in what he could do. And he executed on his game plan. This was, you know, he, when a fighter comes in first round, they're looking to try and execute that game plan. They're feeling out, but they're looking to execute the game plan. And his game plan went straight to uh, a perfection. And he got Rosenstrike out of there. And Herb Dean made the right call there. You're absolutely right. And from there, we can move on from that fight to the co-main event. Uh, Dan Ige versus Mosfar Ivalov. 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 Yeah, right. Ivalov. Mosvar Evloev. Mosvar Evloev wins this fight after this fight goes in, into the third round via decision. Um, Austin, I'm going to let you break this down first because I have something I, I think it's going to throw everyone off. Okay. Um, great performance from Mosvar Evloev against biggest fight of his career against Danny Gag. He's been a contender in the division for a little bit now. And. He had a great performance. He, he won the fight standing up against Ige. You know, you know, Ige has moments standing up, but he, he would always land one shot. Ige, he never lands combination. That really hurt him as Evolov kept throwing, you know, laying combinations and, have, and having um, harder punches. But also, he mixed the takedowns very well. He was able to mix in the strike of the takedowns. So once he got the takedowns, I, I mean, Ige, Ige was in trouble considering Ige's, at times, takedown defense has been. Has not always been the best, or he, or we stick it down. He's had a hard time getting up sometimes. That's what Zombie did in their fight a couple years ago, or last, or no, it was last year when him and Zombie fought. Zombie did that. Yeah. And Evilov, and Evilov, who's a master of sport in Greco-Roman wrestling in Russia, which means he's one of the best in Russia in terms of that in terms of wrestling. And a lot of his fights, he takes guys down. They, they even show a little graphic and during the fight that five and six UFC fights, he's landed two or more takedowns. And that's what we did here. Took Ige down more, twice at least, probably three times if I think about it. I don't remember exactly how many times. I know it was twice at least. And he was able to mix in the wrestling strike. He landed harder shots and took him down. And he did one thing that some of us had questions about, which was how his gas tank in the third round would be, considering some of his previous fights, including his last fight especially, he gets tired in the third round. And in the last fight, you saw it and he got hurt. But in this fight, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't gas out. He was able to keep going and was able to take uh, Ige down, do damage. And But give Ige credit. He hung in there. He was trying to win. He was trying to fight. But he just was outmatched by Evolov. And Evolov was able to capitalize, you know, able to punish him for 13 rounds and just beat him up. And also, oh, um, shoot. What was the point going to make? I forgot what was the point going to make. But... Oh yeah, the Evil Off now like six and zero in the UFC or seven on the UFC. No, six and zero in the UFC now. And with this victory, he's going to move in the top ten because Ige, I believe, is number ten coming in this fight. So it looks like Featherweight is a new contender now. Uh, another undefeated contender now in Featherweight with Evil Off being sixteen and zero now. Okay. Um, it's I'm I'm going to say something that sounds a little funny to you. I agree with everything 
you said about this fight. I have no disagreement whatsoever. Though, if there was one thought I came away with watching this fight, was I want to see Dan Ige more active. In terms of fighting more often or more active in style? Yeah, yeah. More active in style and more active in fighting. Because you were absolutely right. He was just landing one shot. He looked really uncomfortable in the ring like he had developed some ring rust. So now really looking back at it, he fought Korean Zombie. When was it? Last year? Some time ago? It, I, I'm trying to remember the date. It was last year. I know that. I want to say on summer of last year. Like June, July, August. Around that time. Because I know he fought Josh Emmett recently in December. After the Korean he Zombie fight. He fought Josh fight. Emmett in December. Yeah. Uh, Korean Zombie was uh, in uh, June. Okay, a year ago. I kind of want to see him. Like, you know, he, he took an L against a rising contender. That's cool. I kind of want to see him a little bit more active. I don't know why, but at the end of this fight, I came away with the same conclusion that you did. Most far, Evlov is he's a rising contender, another undefeated contender. You see the guy, he looks like a monster coming up in the ranks. Can't avoid this guy. He is coming up. But I also want to see more Danny game. Yeah, I agree. Dengue is a, is a. I always enjoy Dengue fights. He usually brings it, and he's you know fun to watch. And you know, it's, and that's a picture of the fight. You see, Evil F. I forgot I mentioned he did land that knee on on Ige, and he didn't go down, I believe, which is really re remarkable. He didn't go down. He, he wasn't like he. You could like he wasn't even chicken leg like that. Like he leaned on the fence a little bit and they said, they saw that and they were like, oh, okay, he has to get his wits about him. And maybe he did, but he ate that knee. Yeah, he did. Give him, Ige's tough, like I said. I'm sure he's very tough. I mean, Josh Emmett didn't put him away. And Emmett, we all know Emmett hits like a truck. Emmett's got power in his hands. And he didn't put Ige away. And he landed some shots on Ige too. And I'm sure I don't think Ige's ever been finishing in, in his career in terms of knockout TKO. I could be wrong, but I don't recall it. I know he's he's got I know he's got tough chins. And he definitely showed there that need to get from Evolov. But uh man, EJ, this guy was a rising contender, a guy who was near the top five and he's lost three in a row. Now granted it's the zombies to Josh Emmett, who's flying Calvin Cater two weeks in the main event in Austin, Texas. An important featherweight fight, and now, and now Mozart Evolov undefeated. The guy is a rising contender. So he's had he's had some bad luck, Ige. Hopefully, Ige maybe fights someone, fights someone that's not not a pushover. That's not what I mean. But someone that's not as like super tough, like the three guys you mentioned. I know, I know people may look at me I, like I'm crazy. He's gonna. Good. No, what you're saying is he's gonna have to go down in the rank. You're gonna have to lessen the the type of competition that he's getting because. He's been facing the killers right now that are on the rise that we see prominently going to be like the last. All right. Chang Sung Jung just fought for the title. Josh Emmett is about to fight Calvin Cater in what could potentially be, uh, you know, after uh, 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 after uh, uh, after Alexander gets his business. 
yeah, after Alexander gets his business done with Max Holloway, that could be right there the uh, number one contendership right there because either of those guys have just as good a, a, a you know a, a, a reason to claim number one contender. Like all these guys here, he's fighting are killers and title contenders. So you are going to have to knock down the the, the grade of competition, yeah. But if you can get back on a roll, there is a guy like Dan Ige was one of those guys. He's not that far off. No, he's not. He's he's not old too. He's only thirty years old. He's in his prime. So, I mean, he's definitely a guy who's gonna bounce back, going to run. He just has to, like I said, maybe fight fight down competition a little bit where he's not finding these killers like we've mentioned. I mean, I know CP may make look at me funny for mentioning Korean Zombie because his last performance, but Volkanovski, who we all agree is a top ten fighter in the world right now, maybe top five. You know, people. You know, people are talking about him being potential pound for pound number one. I mean, here talks about that. I mean, especially if he beats Holloway, that can definitely, you know, if he beats Holloway, obviously in June. I mean, not June. Excuse me, July twenty, July second. That'll definitely solidify his case. But you know, but Zombie, let's not forget, is a legit featherweight. It's a guy who who's always bring tough. Was always in good fights. Has been in who's doing names with featherweights. But yeah, he gets lost to Zombie and. Emin now Evelov. Hopefully, he fights someone that's you know, not not kill like those guys. And speaking of Evelov, what do you think, what do you think should be next for Evelov? Considering he's probably gonna be in top ten, undefeated. Uh, looking at the top ten, I'm not gonna lie. With everyone kind of tied up right now, you'd have a choice of maybe Arnold Allen or King Chikaze. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Allen's injured. I know he's. I know he caught Aaron Allen in the um, post-fight interview with Paul Felder, but I think Allen's injured right now. So I don't know if like how long he's gonna wait for Aaron Allen. And I'm trying. You had to get Chikazi. I'll say maybe Korean Zombie. They might give. They might. They might give him that. Although I think I see him in Giga fight personally. Yeah, Giga the Giga fight would be closer as far as like in ranking, and that's something that they could put as a a, a fight night main event. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, that's true. They couldn't do that if they want, or maybe on the comment, you know, maybe on the pay per view card, like the opening fight, or maybe a third fight in the card type type of deal. I mean, Evelyn's got ops since Zombie, you got um, Giga, maybe um, R. Allen when he comes back. Hopefully, he comes back soon. The injury's not too serious. I think it was a hand injury, so you never know. I mean, sometimes guys come back quickly. Yeah. One thing we can agree on is that the future is bright for Mosvar Ivalov. But we can move on from that fight to this next fight on the main card. Lucas Almeida versus Mike Trezano. This fight ends via TKO. Lucas Almeida wins this fight. Left hook to uh, uh, ground strikes. And this fight, this was an interesting fight. This was a really interesting fight. It was definitely interesting. I enjoyed this fight. Very, very good fight. Back Oh, cut. Yes. Yeah, that's what I wanted to show there. Uh, this fight was an interesting fight because 
you see uh that's the cut on uh mike uh, mike, mike Trisano. Trisano. he yep he got cut there uh with a clash of heads when lucas almeida was take uh, he already had him down and i guess he was trying to go in for us uh, uh you know to to uh take top position and it's just unfortunate that that happened. He was kind of bleeding into his eye a little bit. It was squirting out a little bit, but he could still continue the fight. And Lucas Almeida, you know, it, it, man, this was a back and forth fight. Lucas Almeida yes. took the first round convincingly. He took the first round convincingly in my eyes. He was just the better competitor overall. He caught Mike Trezano. It. Go ahead. Not finish your point. Cause I gotta say, Trezano won that round. Remember, Trezano land that um that that left that hurt uh, Almeida, then drew the knee that dropped him Almeida, and almost put him away in the first round. If you if you go back yes, and watch you're right. it, I have my orders mixed up. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I have my orders mixed up because I know they each won a round. Uh, 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 Trezano won the first round, but he was he did start off looking slow. Yes, you're right uh, about made that. Made it look like he could have potentially won the first round, but uh, Trezano came on. He his grappling was really what was helping him along the way, and uh, he kind of was uh, what was it in the striking game? He had to step forward a lot more and be more aggressive in order to uh, win those exchanges. But he was losing the exchanges that he kept just kind of playing in range. Almeida had him like he just looked like the more fluid striker. And that's what won Almeida the second round. He was just a more fluid striker than Trezano because Trezano kept hitting the brake pedal. He was not all gas, no brakes. If he was, then he would have been able to mix in the martial arts and he would have gotten more grappling exchanges. And when he was moving forward, he looked better in the striking uh, department. Uh, Almeida wins the second round, I, in my opinion, because he just like had him in range. And when like the, the cut occurred when he uh, uh, when Mike Trezano got uh, hit, he got hit with a good shot, fell down, and then uh, uh, he went in to try and uh, finish the job. But it was what it was. As accident far as head. the headbutt. Yeah, accident headbutt or clash of heads. That's what it was. It was accidental, yeah. clearly. And in the clearly you know, accidental. Yeah, it was a nasty cut, but it didn't affect Trezano too much because Trezano, when when the fight was staying up and in, in the third round before he got finished, was trying to fight. It wasn't like he was like, it wasn't like it was affecting his vision or bothering him or fighting ridiculous. He was trying, he was trying, he was somewhat composed. He was composed and trying to get at Omeda. Just Omeda was just better at him in the stand-up department and, or in this fight basically. And even though it was a bad, even though it was a bad cut, like you like you showed earlier. It, but still, it didn't. It wasn't like that caused um, Trezano lose the cut, the headbutt. And some people were, seemed like they weren't giving Almeida credit that they should have, considering Almeida fought a good fight and and, and did and did we supposed to do the win, land the harder shots that dropped Trezano and hurt Trezano and finished him the third round. It was a great performance for Almeida making his UFC debut as he moves to 14-1 now. Great performance. I mean, I'm, I'm, anything else you want to say? No, that's uh, you finished it off right there. That third round was spectacular, uh, but also salute to Mike Trezano because he put on a good performance. He's not, he's not a slouch. He he has some ways to go. 
he has to just keep the gas pedal going. I don't know, maybe you have to, uh, you know, work on cardio more in order to do something like that. But nine times out of 10, I see something where like, if you're doing something like that and you're that good on the ground and you can strike effectively, you can finish guys within two rounds to where you're not expending your gas tank. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you've won two rounds and now you're 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 opposed to you know gas and you're losing the third round. Okay, whatever. Just make it out the third round and you would have won two rounds. The style can work. Yeah, it's true. By the way, great victory for Almeida. Now moves 14-1 USC debut. It's a very good Shizano who's 10-2 coming to this fight. So this was a good this was a like very entertaining fight. Probably best fight on the main card. Rethink about it because everyone's back and forth between two good fighters with good, good two, two fighters who are. Um, I, I'm a main card. I'm not sure. I, 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 I said main card, not prelims. So I know you're giving the look. That's because I, I didn't see I, prelims. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So then, oh, we, main card. I, I have some. Yeah, okay. We, we could talk about the prelims another, uh, you know, later on. Uh, next fight we're going to go on on the main card is Kareem Silva versus Poliana Botello. Kareem Silva wins this in the first round via Darce Choke. And I didn't expect I didn't expect this victory out of uh, uh, you know, this quick of a victory out of Kareem Silva. You see her right there. She is an uber athlete. She is strong. Her strikes are strong. Her grappling when she locked on to Poliana Botello, it yeah, she she locked on. And when yeah. she got her <laughs> Oh man, I'ma just say this and I'ma hand off the rest of this to you. But when she got her in the Dars choke, I, I and I have to make a note of this. I don't know who was in the crowd, but boy did they know their their, their MMA. Because as soon as she, as soon as the arm wrapped around and the, this other arm came up, you just hear someone in the crowd yell, "She's got her in a dust choke." I, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know that. Oh, I gotta listen. I gotta listen to it now. I gotta watch Yo, hear it. like you gotta, because even the commentary laughed about it, and they were like, "Someone knows their MMA." <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that I, it was so fun hearing that. And salute to Kareem Silva because that was a very good victory for her. Poly, it was a little back and forth throughout the match, but she came out dominant. And her striking power is for real, and her grappling is for real. Uh, what do you got to say, Austin? Um, yeah, this was, a, like I said, great victory for Kareem Silva. This was her UFC debut, if I'm not mistaken. And she capitalized on it, got a finish in her UFC debut. And she was able to like it, the fight. I mean, once I feel like once um, Silva was able to figure out um, um what why am I forgetting her name um but um I mean shoot I forget, why am I forgetting her opponent's Poliana name? Poliana Botello. Botello. Once Poliana she got Poliana Botello. Once she figured out Botello's um you know di, you know range and you know she was able to figure out Botello's range and stuff. She was able to um start throwing harder shots to which you can tell she's powerful. I mean, you saw the picture of her. She definitely looks like a, a really, ta- a really, you know, talented athlete, you know, got a great physique and all, and all. And she, she was, once she, once she was throwing the shot, she was able to land a shot. I, I, I think it was to her face or to Botello's body. I forget. I dropped Botello. 
that led to the uh, darts where they were in the ground and I think Botello was trying to scramble, but Silva was able to pull on that dart. So once he pulled on that dart, it was you know it was tight you know it was tight and basically she had Botello had a tap because it, or else she was gonna pass out and that fan somehow was able to tell that fan knew MMA. I don't know if he's a fighter or maybe just train rolls with guys, trainer or whatever, or maybe he's seen a lot of fights so he knows. But once he you know he he knew. If he knew, then obviously Silva and Butello both knew what was happening. Butello had a tap where she was gonna, she was gonna pass out, and she, you know, like I said, um, but Silva had a great physique and she looked strong. And, and, and if you're strong, especially if you, have a, if, if you look like her, you probably have a great squeeze. If you have a great squeeze, they're probably gonna make people, you know, tap quicker to a dart stroke than other fighters, considering you know, tight, you know, if you can put most pressure on someone and get someone tap quickly, it's, it's about the pressure you put on them. She put a lot of pressure on Patello and was able to make her tap. So good job, Korean Silva, getting debut victory in your debut. And that was you know, great performance. A lot of finishes in this card. There was about reception, the Evlov Ige fight, all the main card was finishes. And this was the this was like oh, the third. Yeah. We, this was the I'm I was gonna say this was the third um first round finish. Like there was the first three fights in the main card were first round finishes. And of course the main event of between Volkov Rosenstruck was a first round finish so you have four of them in this card so this is a great card yeah yeah this will yeah we we get right into that next first round finish Oday Osborne versus Zaruk Adashev uh, Adashev oh my god Oday Osborne man it was a counter right hook to some ground strikes but ladies and gentlemen first off Oday Osborne met. Wait, where is it? Performance of the night because this guy he deserved it. He deserved yes, it. He did. Let's yeah. Round of applause to him because you like <laughs> Zaruk Adashev is throwing bombs. He is throwing bombs, right? Yeah. And he is and Ode is dodging with the hands down like he's Mayweather. And you hear the commentary, <laughs> and I myself am thinking it. The world is thinking it. Bro, you got to stop doing that. Put your hands up and at least kill the power on some of these. Because he is just, like, he, like, he is throwing bombs, bro. Like, you could tell he was going to get Ode Osborne out of there because he even clipped Ode a little bit and it wobbled him a little bit. But it it didn't happen. So then, right after that, in the midst of all that throwing, uh, Ode I think he uh, kicks him with the kicks him in the leg while Zaruk is throwing. He, he fall. He, his head comes down low, and Ode's fist. Like when I tell you, like ladies and gentlemen, there after they did the replay, I did the measurement myself. I stopped it. This literally was the one legendary one inch punch. His fist didn't, like, his fist was already in the right place. He just moved it forward with the right intent, twerked, you know, twisted his hips, made sure the power came from his body. Boom! Counter right hook. Zarouk fell down, and then Ode finished it with, it was vicious, quick, it was nice, man. That was my, that, you know, definition of it and that he knew who to call out right after that 
He wanted Jeff Molina right after that. And Jeff Molina had a great fight. We're going to talk about it real quick on the preliminaries. I would love to see that. That was great. But what what was your take on this matchup? I mean, he broke down most of it. I mean, he, he countered. He countered. Um, yes, he threw a counter right. That was like, that was, it was, he, he said it was one inch. He didn't have to travel before it landed. He landed the right spot in the temple area. And once, and then it was game over from there. Just, his, I think his opponent was out at that point. It looked like it. And then the ground pound fished him off. It was just out of nowhere. It was like, it was like, it, it surprised me. It took me surprised when I saw that. Because how quick it was. And yeah, Osborne did a great performance. A great finish. A great knockout. I mean, my goodness. That was awesome to watch. He did deserve a performance bonus and call his shots. And, you know, I gotta say, I feel like Osborne is representing like this. Um, I'm try- yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he is Jamaican. Okay. Oh, because I know something. Like I know there's been a lot of like, Jamaican fighters making waves somewhat that no one's talking about. Him you got Aljamain's Jamaican. You know, you got uh, Randy Brown from Jamaica himself. Leon Edwards. People forget he's from Eng- he's from Jamaica too. But then moved to England. And, and you're right. You know, there's some. I feel like another Jamaican fighter. I'm forgetting. I saw. I, I, I noticed. It's like, wow, a lot of Jamaican fighters are doing well. And they're, man, that's pretty cool. I'm surprised no one's talking about it. Let's let's see if that continues on. But it seems like right now it's been Jamaican fighters or fighters of Jamaican descent arising. Pretty cool to see. Oh yeah. Not one had great great knockouts and he made he made cool. He took took the opportunity to call somebody. He did a good job. After you know when he was injured with Paul Felder. Oh, but one that I do want to mention is that his opponent coming to this fight was four and three. Why is a four and three guy fighting the main card of the UFC? I'm sorry, that that that's ridiculous. That has to be called out. How the heck are you four and three and you're fighting the main card of a UFC events? Are you serious? I mean, well, it, it's all now. about how he got. I mean, uh, I'm I haven't seen any of his fights, but the way he got to four and three could have been to a way that you know. Certain fighters, maybe we don't know. Uh, o, uh, Ode Osborne's original uh, opponent called out, and so this guy came up on short notice. You never really know. That's, and that's another, just, uh, uh, you know, good. before we move on to the next fight, I also want to give a, 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 you know, just a proper respect to Kareem uh, Silva because she also got a performance of the night bonus. So salute to her because yeah, she you can see it again in that just tone and definition of, of her arms once she's got you in a lock that's it yes um yeah from there we could uh move on from that fight to this next fight alonzo menafield versus Askar mozarov Alonzo Menafield wins this fight in the first round, TKO via elbows from the crucifix. Austin, I'm going to let you take your piece of the pie because I have to say something else about this fight. Alonzo but yeah, Menifield, that's Alonzo Menafield, ladies and gentlemen. He, he dominated. He, I guess he dominated this fight. I, you can, I think we can agree with that. He basically dominated this fight. That's not, that's not the fight. That's not picture from the fight it's just Alonzo Medfield showing showing like a picture of him against another opponent but um yeah Alonzo Medfield kind of dominated this fight it's like it was his control I mean he oh, pushed sorry. the uh, okay now you're good um he basically yeah, yeah. 
he basically was in control. Once he took him down, I mean, he basically, uh, we saw that his opponent really didn't have any ground game. I think that was the one weakness of his is his ground game, and Manifield took advantage of it and still hold him down. And once, once he, once he got in the crucifix, which is one of the worst positions to be in MMA, especially on the bottom, it was basically, it, it, it began. It basically, his opponent was in trouble, and it's rare to see someone get out of the crucifix. Unless the refs pulling the, their point away because they got finished or the rounds over, and but in this case he got finished because Manfield drew those vicious elbows from the crucifix, and then which knocked him out. And once he and Manfield, we all know, has got a lot of power. He's, I think ten of his eleven victories by KO and TKO or nine of them or something like that. So you know he's got a power in his fists and he's in his elbows too. He shot. He saw it there, and once he got it, he was able to finish his opponents and get a great great bounce back victory because he lost his last fight and yeah great fight for great performance from Manifield yeah absolutely right it was a great performance from Alonzo Manifield and I know I said he had knockout power but I'm just I want to say real quick I kind of in the midst of all that complimenting I sort of backhandedly disrespected him because watching Alonzo Menafield that fight night in the ring, right? And even how right. angry he got after the fight when he was like, this guy only got three records, man. Why is he in here with me? And when I watched him, I was like, I just remembered who he was. This guy is evolving. He wasn't just the power guy. Even in the William Knight fight that he lost, he did a whole lot of different things too. It was just that William Knight was able to stuff a lot of those takedowns and he was able to showcase more of his power. But I, Alonzo Menafield, he's not just a power guy because all around throughout this fight, he had, he had Ascar like no matter where it was in the octagon, he had him. Just pinned to dead rights. In the clinch, had him. In the stand-up, had him. In the on the ground, dominant everywhere. So when he got upset the way he did, it's like, you're damn right. You're damn skippy. And that's yeah, that's what I had to say about that. Salute to Alonzo Menafield, man. That was a great victory. Yeah, very good, very great victory. You, you say he was evolving. He showcased his grappling, holding him down, and keeping him down, winning via ground and pound instead of a, just a knockout strike or anything like that in stand up. So, yeah, great victory for Manifield. Dominated too, um, Asker. Just dominated him completely. Most definitely. Um, just, like I said, the main card was. Before we close it out, oh, you sorry, were absolutely right. Uh, just before we close it out, you're absolutely right. This fight was fight of the night because this was a very good fight. This was a solid fight. And for, like, you know, if you're going to pick out of, you know, all the fights that went, you know, first round finishes, you I'd pick the fight that went three rounds. Especially because yep. it went back and forth. Yeah, but, yeah, a, uh, what, what were you saying? Yeah, like I said earlier, this was a very entertaining fight night card. Just the main card, this was entertaining. There was, there was basically five, five or six fights were um, finishes, reception of the Ige and um, Evolve fight. But 
Evolve, you know, dominated him. It wasn't a boring fight at all. It was a pretty entertaining, dominated one-sided fight. And Evolve, you know, to show he's a rising contender. And this was a very good fight night card. Probably the best fight night card since the London card back in March. Although the London card is a whole nother level of greatness. I mean, that's a special all-time great card. But this is, but this card was pretty good. I'll give it that. It was a very good fight night card. The best one outside of that one, in my opinion. I mean, it's received bias, but this was a very good main card at fight night. Most definitely. Uh, moving on, some of the good pre preliminary fights. We got to shout this girl out. Friend of the uh, show, but more so because she finished the fight in astounding fashion. Aaron Blanchfield, she defeated J.J. Aldridge to start off the fight night uh, uh, via standing, guillot uh, standing guillotine in the second round. And this was after Aldridge started to kind of come alive in the stand-up game and get a one-twos pop in, got a lot of the head strikes, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the first half of the second round and later on in the uh, first half of the first round, even though Aaron Blanchfield kind of had her... Uh, you know, had her dead to rights in, uh, you know, in the first half of the first round, was stuffing the takedowns, and she, you know, was very, very good in the uh, stand-up game. It, this fight went back and forth, but Aaron Blanchfield got the victory, so salute to her. Uh, is there any fight you want to shout out on the preliminaries? Wait, you're muted. Okay, um, am I not muted anymore? You hear me, right? Yeah, you're you good. Me? Okay, um, I was going to say, yeah, shout, out to Aaron, shout out to Aaron Blanchfield for a great performance against J.J. Aldrich, who was coming in on a four-fight winning streak. She got in a standing guillotine, which it's not often you see those in MMA. I mean, it's not been done before, but it's not like super common. So see that, it was like impressive, stood out. And she's definitely, she's on a roll now. She's won, I believe, five, no, six in a row now or something like that. I know she's won her first three UFC fights. And she's ranked number 15, I believe, going into this fight. So I know she's going to move up the rankings. She has to this point. And, but hopefully UFC doesn't rush her in terms of, like, in terms of, like, in terms of, like, opponents to potentially, like, like if hopefully Blanchfield, if she does win her next two fights, it's not fine Valentina for the world title because I don't think she'll be writing two fights. That's just me. I hope, hopefully, like, you know, she can at least win a couple, you know, three or four fights at least before you fight, she fights Valentina just because you know she's talented she's still young right? you know I don't and it may become like a George St. Pierre Matt Hughes situation if you remember back in 2004 Matt Hughes was seven I mean St. Pierre was seven and no fought Matt Hughes with a welterweight title and lost in the first round submission when St. Pierre maybe wasn't ready yet to fight for a title you know St. Pierre bounced mm -hmm. back and eventually beat Matt Hughes and became world champion but obviously, that's George St. Pierre. I mean, not comparing Blanchfield to her at all, to him, to him at all. Not going to. But, but I'm just saying, hopefully, that's not. She's not rushed. Like some fighters have been rushed. Like Darren Till, already might have been rushed. That's the only thing you don't. That's the only thing I Most hope she, she, she's not rushed. But um, yeah, sorry, going a little tirade. There, you know, a long soliloquy there. But I was gonna mention um, Kalina Kovitz finally getting her first victory in a while, considering she had been a five-fight losing streak and. She snaps it by submitting uh, Fleece Harry in the second round by in the main event in the prelims via Ray Naked Choke, if I'm mistaken. Uh, and, yeah, in the second round. Yeah, and it was, um, obviously it meant a lot to her because she had been this long losing streak, and this is a woman who 
fought for the strawweight title back in 2016. So she was happy finally get snapped that losing streak against the woman who she last her last victory came from, uh, Felice Herring three years ago. So no, four years ago, excuse me. So yeah, Sally Clean Kovitz for finally breaking that losing streak. And also salute to Felice Herrick because um, with that fight, she retired that night. She said, and quote from her, it's been an honor being in the UFC for eight years and fighting for 20. I knew if I wasn't feeling it in the cage, I wasn't going, it was going to be my last fight. Not in a bad way. I just feel like there's something else for me and it's time for me to close this chapter in my life. And what she was referring to as far as not feeling it in the cage was that she's had a couple of knee surgeries and coming back from those knee surgeries, it's been tough for her. So she said training camp felt good, but if in the ring she didn't feel it, she knew it was going to be her last fight. And so, you know, she's moving on. And thank you so much for giving us these eight years in the UFC and entertaining us with all these battles of yours. Thank you so much, Felice Herrick. And may you move on into bigger and better endeavors. Yep. Uh, another fight for me that I want to shout out in the preliminaries. Yeah, you took that fight from me. Ooh. Um, Benoit Saint-Denis versus Nicholas Stoltz. Benoit Saint-Denis wins this fight in the second round via rear naked choke. And Benoit Saint-Denis, man, this guy... He got a nasty gash on his face from rushing oh, yeah. in and with the wrestling attempt. Yeah. It was bad. Like you it was bad like 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 uh 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 Mike Trezano's. Yeah, that's bad. Oof. It uh ooh, that sucks. At least he got the but, victory. Yeah, yeah, I'm just Yeah, he got the victory. He was game bred that night. It was a great victory for him. Any other fighter you want to shout out on the preliminaries? Um, not I can think of, honestly. Um, I want to give a shout out to Jeff Molina because I know a lot of people thought his fight was controversial because some people thought Zaglas Zumagalov uh, won the fight. But to me, man, it, it doesn't matter how much control you have if a guy is, you know, spending the equal amount of time as you spent controlling as he did uh, beating you up on this, uh, you know, on the ground and you didn't provide anything in control. Like you just only controlled, but you didn't provide any damage and you had the chance to, you know, provide damage in grappling, but he just didn't. So salute to Jeff Molina for, for getting that victory. The judges got it right. He thought he was going to get screwed. It's uh, the, the reaction was viral, but he got it, man. And salute to him. Okay, and anything else before we wrap wrap this card up? Uh, nah, that's it. Uh, that, that That's it for the card for me. Oh, one more fight that I have to uh, uh, talk about because this fight was interesting for me. Damon Jackson versus Daniel Arqueta. Damon Jackson wins this fight via unanimous decision. Now, Daniel, Daniel Arqueta, when I tell you this guy is a prospect in the UFC... This guy is, he could be Dana White's golden boy. When I tell you one of those privileges for, who said? Tony Ferguson. Who said, the, the, t- 
Uh, Dana White privilege. Tony Ferguson said it. When Scotty you knew Michael exactly Chandler what I was year. talking about. Yeah. Dana White privilege. Dana White privilege. This guy, when I tell you he has the look and the athletic ability for all of that to get Dana White privilege, he can. But, man, you spent the last two rounds talking more trash to your opponent's corner than doing something about the fact that this guy was out grappling you. Didn't even provide much damage on the ground. He hurt Damon Jackson on the ground from positions of, you know, of, you know, where you usually can't hurt a guy. Dude, Damon Jackson has his back and he's giving Damon Jackson a black eye. And he could still find time to separate, but he, it, it just came right back to the ground and he just tired out and just was more concerned with gibbering and jabbering with his opponent's corner than actually taking care of the fight. So this was a bad look for him, man. It, it, it sounds like but Kevin yeah. Holland when he fought Derek Brunson, where Brunt, we kept talking instead of trying to get off from stepping off the bottom against Brunson. It kind of sounds like that, but a little bit worse. Am I wrong in that? A lot worse. Because we knew Kevin Holland needed to work on his grappling. This guy, we know he, he needs to work on his grappling too, but he had the chances to put this fight away. Yeah, that's just bad. Anyways, that's that's our recollection of the, uh, uh, you know, that's our breakdown of this card. Uh, uh, all in all, the great main card, great, um, great preliminary too. I was entertained by the preliminaries. Yeah, well, good card, and definitely a great return for the UFC after taking a week off from Memorial Day. <clears throat> great return for the UFC as Most they return. And speaking of returns, UFC is returning to pay-per-view this Saturday. As this Saturday is UFC 275 in Singapore, live from Singapore, and with two titles, two titles on the line this in this event. They pulled the picture, the poster. Oh, oops, there we go. As his main event by Glover to share against Yuri Prohaska for the light heavyweight title. And of course, the co-main events is the women's flyweight title team, Valentina Shashenko and Talia Santos. And of course, you have the rematch of the legendary fight between Yoni and Jacek and Wayley Zhang. And and I get and you want to start right, I guess we can start with the main event, break that down first between Glover to share the light heavyweight champion, Yuri Prohaska, the challenger. Yuri's coming to this fight, wins first two UFC fights via KO, KO victory of Volk and Ustamir, and then a KO victory against Dominic Reyes, who in that crazy, ridiculous spin back elbow on Reyes in, in their fights. And for Glover to share his first title defense, as Glover won the belt in October against Jan Blachowicz in Abu Dhabi, and he became the oldest first-time UFC champion ever and the second oldest champion in UFC history. And to and this was you know a great feel good story for Glover Teixeira, as he tries to continue this story against against the young and wild um, Yuri Prohaska. I say wild in a, in a good way, considering he is wild to his fight style. And and man, it's, it's very exciting to see his fights. I mean, what are your thoughts on this fight, Chef Dan? I'm excited to see Yuri Prohaska. 
I haven't seen him in a long time since the Dominic Reyes fight. I wanted to see more of him, but it seems that he impressed so well that he was just waiting for a title opportunity, and now he's got it. I I, I can't wait to see it. I'm not going to lie. I think he's going to win this fight. I got him heavily favored. And the only way I, I see Glover Teixeira winning this fight is if he makes it unentertaining. See, I, I, I think I'm trying to remember the odds. You can disagree with me, man. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm trying to remember the odds because Yuri's like a sizable favorite, and I don't understand that at all. I think it's kind of a little foolish because one, I think Glover has a clear advantage in this fight, and I think it's the ground game. I think Glover has a clear cut advantage there. I think the one thing about Yuri Prochaska is that sometimes his ground game is not the best. Anyways, we've seen in his previous fights in Ryzen and also his other fights where if you take him to the ground, he's not exactly the best guy off his back. And we all know Glover Teixeira is a lot stronger than people give credit for and that his top game is really damn good. That's Jan Blachowicz, that's Anthony Smith. Other fights where he gets on top of you, you're in world trouble. And I think if I think Glover is good enough to take him down, and if he takes him down, Yuri's going to be in world trouble. And also, Yuri sometimes, as great as Yuri is, he's really good. Sometimes he leaves his chin open to get hit. Even the Reyes fight, he left himself open to get hit, and Reyes did catch him. And look, Glover, is, we all know, he's got good boxing. He's a very good stand-up fighter, too. And I, and I think Glover can catch Yuri and basically hurt him. I'm leaning towards Glover in this fight, but Yuri can win. I can see why you think Yuri's going to win, why people think Yuri's going to win, because... He's very unpredictable, and sometimes I can throw a fire off. But I think sometimes he, might, I think he's got weaknesses. I think Glover Teixeira is good enough to capitalize on. I think that's what he'll do, especially if he can take him down. I think Yuri's in world trouble. He gets taken down in this fight, and you know, Yuri's powerful. He can catch Glover and probably you know hurt his chin. You know, well, hurt his chin. Well, catch him, hurt him badly. One thing about Glover is that he hasn't taken much damage in a year and a half. You know, he didn't take any damage against Jan Blachowicz in their fights. And the last fight he took damage was Jawa Santos. That was like November of 2020. That was like a year and a half ago. So they haven't really taken much damage since. So I think I think Glover can need a couple of shots from Yuri. I think Glover, I think Glover will get rocked by Yuri once in his fights. I think he will. I think he'll probably eat it and be able to cap and be able to, um, push the fight against Yuri and make Yuri uncomfortable. Personally, I mean, I think I really think Glover has. I think Glover's being, being underestimated a little bit. Although, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Yuri wins because you do because of what we've seen from him. And Yuri's fought some really good competition outside of the UFC in Japan and Ryzen and UFC too. I mean, he knocked out Wuzdemir and Dominic Reyes. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. There is a way for Glover Teixeira to win. Uh, we shall, we we definitely shall see what that fight brings because a lot of people are interested in this one. Yeah, uh, I think, next fight I, on the I card. Think, well, wait well, on. Go ahead. I, I do wonder. Um, it's not nah, the time the time difference, the time zone difference make the time difference make any um the time zone make a difference rather because they are flying 10 p.m. in the Eastern time zone in the United States. I was thinking, you know, going to Singapore, how would that affect fighters? You know, going to somewhere that somewhere they haven't been before, considering Yuri's used to flying Asia and Japan. But I now I realize it probably won't make a difference. 
I was, I was, I was just thinking that now, but, but um, yeah, I. Never mind. We go on the next fight. Sorry about that. I don't know what I was rambling about. Uh, no, no, it's okay. That's also a factor adding into it because some people would like uh the UFC to have you know the fighters travel together because travel is a bit restricted during these times. But some people, you know, due to their extenuating circumstances, not everyone's coming from the same part of the world. So they, you know, they're all traveling through their own means. But uh, yeah, that, that, that may play a part into it in some people's performances. We can move on from that to the next fight on the card. This will also be five rounds because this is for the UFC Women's Flyweight Championship. We got Valentina. Bullet, Shevchenko versus Talia Santos. I, I'm not gonna lie, man. I can't doubt the bullet until it, I actually see her get beat. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, 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 yeah. I agree We're both you. of the same mindset, right? Like she's just like it's not to say that you know, it's not to say she's just like physically dominant. It's just that she's really getting better with every fight. She's showing, she's showing something new and different with every fight. And she really studies her her opponents and what to bring into the fight. So Valentina betting on Valentina Shevchenko is like knowing you're like knowing you you got a bill coming up. It's sure money. Yeah. I agree. Like you mentioned, she's getting better every fight. I mean, she she seems to get better. Right here, grappling, especially her grappling's really gotten better. Her stand up, we all know it's been good, but she's definitely worked on it, getting better. And we all know she's a monster stand up. And Talia Santos got a lot of power in, in her. You know, she's got ten knockout TKOs, and and she's definitely a powerful girl. And she's one. She's nineteen and one, and she definitely deserves this title fight. But at the same time, I don't know if she, if she's the one that could dethrone Valentina. Especially considering, I think it Valentina might use the grappling aspect of it to to you know negate the negate the her Talia's striking, especially since she's got power in her hands. And I'm, I know Talia submitted Joan Calderwood, but I think she hurt Calderwood at let's the submission. And Valentina is a much better grappler than Cal, than Joan Calderwood is. I mean, let's not forget Valentina submitted Julia Pena back in the day. And the other thing too is. Um... Valentina is deadly in the clinch, yo. Yes, good point. Great point. There's not a lot of people that put in a lot of work in the clinch that they do. She's deadly in the clinch, and if Talia, if Talia Santos slips up, that's it for her, man. That's why it's like I just i I can't bet against uh, uh I can't bet against the bullet until it actually happens in front of me. So I, yeah, we're both on the way. same mindset. Do you think she gets yep. a finish? Let's move on from that. Do you think yeah, she I, I mean, what? Because you... she's been getting a lot of finishes in her recent yeah. title defenses. Exception of what was it? The um, Maya fight, the Jam from Maya fight, Erickson from Kichu Kagan from Jessica I, and then to now she's got like a finish basically. I, I mean, I. Bro, I'm telling you, I, I, I mean, she could get a finish, but this could go to decision, but it could be something where like. Because Talia Santos is, is uh, you know, better than most people think she is. Maybe uh, Valentina, you know, she she's, you know, 
studying her for two rounds and then the last three rounds she's putting it together it could be that i just i'm not betting against bullet me either i like i'm not either we both agree with valentina win this fight we can move on against to the um strawweight fight yeah win strawweight which is a rematch of their legendary first fight back in march of 2020 right before the pandemic between Joanna Yuntechek and Wei Li Zhang. Now, this is Joanna's first fight since that fight. Joanna hasn't fought in two years. And Wei Li, we all know how her fights arose, where she lost the title and lost the rematch and the close rematch. And, I mean, it's... It's it's the first fight so legendary that we can't... That people are going to be disappointed because the first fight was so damn good. It was fight of the year, 2020, that people are expected to be somewhat like it. And... It's possible it might not live up to that. So let's just be honest. It, pro- it, it won't. It probably won't live up to that. It's not. not. Be a boring I don't think fight. it I'm is. Not, yeah. I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna be a boring fight at all. It's it not gonna be, be a boring fight. fight. Yeah. 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 It, it's still gonna be entertaining. It's just not gonna be. Like, I agree with you 100. percent Like crazy. Like the first fight was. And with Joanna, I do wonder. Like Joanna's a fun two years since that and. It's Joanna the same Joanna from before that fight. You know, wars like that get some say six in the out of you. And it's Joanna looks in great shape. If you watch it in bed, she looks like she's in really good shape. But still, she hasn't fought. And it looked, it looked like for a while she hasn't really trained that much. You know, during 2020, early 2021 until recently. And we know Wei Lee's been working on her wrestling, training with Henry Cejudo, trying to work on that, improving on her wrestling skills and grappling skills. Training, like I said, Cejudo in um, Arizona. Yeah, I do wonder how much Yoanda, if Yoanda's improve at all, or how the layoffs going to do with her. That's the question. I feel like that's the main question: is how Yoanda's going to look two years off the layoff, and will there be grappling? More grappling in this fight, considering Wei Li has worked on her grappling with Cejudo. It's just going to be completely different because that first fight was such a fire fight. I mean. Both fighters took a lot of damage, especially for Yuana to be, you know, two years off, removed from that fight, and she's going right back in there with the same opponent. Like, she's been mentally replaying that fight in her head. She's not going to take that same amount of damage, so this fight is not going to be the same, like you said. And how Yuana looks and where her game plan is coming into the fight is going to be a complete mystery, but I'm excited for that mystery. I am too. And it's going to be a three-rounder instead of five-round. So, that, that, I do wonder how, how that will factor because they fought five rounds. And, you know, you want to want, you know, in the first fight, you want to want the two of the first three rounds. And then Wei Li in the fourth, fifth round took over. I do wonder if Wei Li is going to go off to a faster start knowing that she has two less rounds. It's also something to take in as well. It could be. It could be. We're seeing that, you know, it, over in the males, when you have a, a, you know, I mean, also in the females too, when you have some five fighter, uh, five round fighters go back to three rounds, the rewards pay a whole lot of dividends. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited, like I said. It's great to see you wanted to back. Definitely, you want is very entertaining as a fighter, and she's always in a. She doesn't have a lot of power and punches, but she's always entertaining through the volume she throws. And she is for this girl, a lot of growth for her volume. And Wei Li, we know, has got power in her hands. So, yeah, this is definitely an exciting fight. Considering Carl X. is a champion now, now it's 
it's, this could be a you know a potential tile eliminator depending on the, what, how uh, these women look this Saturday. If they have a dominant great performance, they could slip right back into that tile picture. It, no, well, yeah, slip back into fighting for the world title, especially Yuana, considering she has a victory Carl Esparza. That's who she beat to win a championship. Something that's also we gotta mention as well. Most definitely. Most definitely, but this is an exciting matchup. I can't wait for it. And uh, three rounds, we're looking for some fire here. Yeah, we can move uh, on. We to can move on the... from this fight. The next fight in the flyweight division, I expect fireworks out of this one too. Rogerio Bontarin versus Manel Cop. Both these guys are finishers, but they also can grapple very well. This fight is going to go all over the place. It has a possibility, could you know, to go to decision, but it's going to be fireworks. I think this fight is going to be fireworks. What say you? Yeah, I mean, this, this, I think it's gonna, I think it could be fireworks for these two, especially with Manel Cop, who you've been very high on, who's had some really good fights in Ryzen as well, kind of like Yuri Prohaska, full in Asia, especially in Japan, Ryzen had some good fights over there. And, and then coming to UFC, he's won his last two, I think his first two UFC fights, right? His first two? I know he's won his last two. I'm not sure there's first two UFC fights. I'm trying, let me check his record. Uh, no, he but, lost his first two. Really? Uh, yeah, you're okay. Yeah, you're right. He did. He did. Yeah, Pentoja and and Nikolau, and then and then and then he beat Ode Osborne, who got a great victory this past Saturday, and then he beat um Zeg um Zagalas um Zumagalov. Zagalas Zumagalov. Zumagalov in the first round. So he's got back-to-back first-round KOs and TKOs. Manel Cop is a very exciting fighter, and Rogerio. And, and his point, Algerio um, Botarin is, def- is a guy who's lost the last couple of fights, but he's definitely still a player in his flyweight division, a guy who, who's capable of bouncing back and being a threat in his division. I know he oh, lost, but yeah. Rogerio last- is the threat. Yeah, he's, 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 yeah, Rogerio's, you know, he lost to Ray Borg, who, he both, who everyone's high on, he's a very good fighter, and Kai Kyle French, who's about to fight Moreno for the interim flyweight title in July. And they lost to Brandon Royvals. What decision? Royvals was no slouch either. Royvals a very good fighter, Brandon Royvals. And one thing about uh, Hojeri, he's got 11 submissions of 16 victories. So, so if you're so watch, so we'll see if, if Hojeri can get this fight to the ground and give Manel problems on the ground because that's where he has a clear advantage. We know Manel's got power, so it's a kind of striker versus grappler matchup. Seems like if the fight's staying, Manel's that's his Manel's best chance of winning, and if the fight's on the ground, it seems like Rogerio's best matchup of winning. It's just it seems like to me. So let me just see which comes for you know who can implement their game plan. This should be exciting. I think this. I think I I wouldn't be surprised if Manel wins this fight. I think I have Manel's my slight favorite, but I could be. I'm not. I'm not banking on it. I'm not guarantee it, but it seems like everyone's going Manel's favorite so far. But I could be wrong. I mean, I I know that everything's going Manel's way, but I have to give this one a toss-up. Because Rogerio lost against some game-bred dudes. And Manel Cop, like, even though he, like, the first fight he won, he didn't make weight. The second fight he won was very impressive. He's kind of, you know, he, he's... I know he lost to uh, Pantoja and Mateus Nicolau. Those are some game guys, too. 
Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like the both of these guys, I don't know. Both of these guys are very, very good, man. I just, I just can't. As as high as I am on Manel Cop, I just don't see it to where it, I just have him as an overall just guaranteed favorite. This fight could go either way in my eyes. We'll see Saturday night what happens with this fight with Cop and um, but and Bolteran. As we, as you want to say before we move on. Uh, no, nah, that's it. Okay, we want to the welterweight division between uh, Jack Della Madela against Jack Della Madelina. Madelina. Jack Della Madelina. Jack Della Madelina. Jack Della Madelina. Hard name to pronounce, especially the the you know the, the middle and last name sound rhyming basically. Against um, yeah. Ramazan Im- Imif in the welterweight division. I'm familiar with Della Medila. Um, I know the name, but Ramza, I'm not, not too familiar, familiar with either. Yeah, neither of me or you are familiar with Ramzan. I'm looking at it right now. He's had a fight on UFC Fight Night. He's been on a couple UFC fights, but I think they've been uh, preliminary fights. He just recently lost to Danny Roberts, but after that, he had a two-fight winning streak against Nicholas Stoltz and David Zawada. But a lot of his fights have gone the distance. Yeah, all his fights in the UFC have gone the distance. He hasn't really gotten the finish yet. Right. Meanwhile, Jack has has um not ten finishes, nine KO, TKOs, and one submission. He's on an eleven fight win streak. He lost the first two fights in MMA, won eleven in a row, and made it to the UFC from Australia. And his last yeah his, his, his last fight was a TKO victory against PR Regas back in UFC 270 in January. So and he won his contender series fights in his decision against Angelusa. So got to the guy's contract. So he's had at least. One U- one official UFC fight or two if you count the contender series. So he's definitely a guy trying to make a name for him. This is an opportunity for him or um, Ramza to make a name for themselves in the opening of a pay per view. Both guys giving a big opportunity. Especially on the main card. Yes, originally originally Robert Whitaker and um and, and uh, Marvin Vettori was supposed to fight on this card, but Whitaker got injured, so they moved it to um, France in September. So these, so both of these guys have an opportunity to make a name for themselves in a pay-per-view. And Ramza Imuf is um, definitely is twenty and five. Like you said, um, he's not a finisher at, typically, but he's but he's twenty and five with a good record. So should be a good fight between two good guys. And Ramzan, he he can go the distance. That's been shown right there. Can win a fight in a decision. So. Uh, Jack can't let this guy stall. He's got to go for the finish. Yeah, I agree. Austin, I'm not even like I know I'm being a little biased. I'm just going to say this right now. There's only one fight I want to talk about on the preliminaries. Well, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you say it. In the welterweight division, we have Jack Matthews. In the welterweight division Jake versus Matthews. Andre Filajo, Jake yep. Matthews, Andre Filajo is back, ladies and gentlemen. Fialo, Andre Fialo is back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm a fan. I want to see it. I need to see it. Yes. I'm, I, yeah. This is the only fight I want to see on the on the preliminaries. 
I'm going to be pleasantly surprised about anything else that happens. But this is the only fight I want to see on the preliminaries. I'm with you. I totally, I'm 1,000% agreement with you. That's the only fight I really invest in the preliminaries is this fight. See Andre Fallow try to do what Hamza did in 2020. He get his dirt victory and like, um, no, I think it'd be less than Hamza if he if he wins. Hamza got in what 60 days in 2020 when he from his first fight to the um the Mershaw fights. It was like 60 days, I believe, or something like that. I think this fight would actually be quick. I think it'd be quicker if he wins it, three victories. It it would be quicker possibly, but I'm not even looking to that. It's just this guy is so impressive because he he's gotten rocked in a couple of his fights. But he's fought back and finished, guys. Yeah. He, he fought I, in April. This is the fight I want to see. I agree. He fought in April. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was the Luke and uh, Muhammad card, I believe. Yeah, it was yes. that card. And then he fought um, the the Gaethje and Oliveira card. Won, won both of those fights via KO, TKO. And now he's going. Now he's trying to win, again, win his third fights. This is, by the way, this is his fourth fight. He, fought, he made UFC debut in January against Michelle Pea, which didn't go his way. But Michelle Pea is on a roll. He's won five in a row. Now he's ranked. So we know how good Michelle Pea has become in the welterweight division. And if he goes to beat Jake Matthews, he's close to being ranked. He's right there. I mean, one more, I mean if he wins another fight this year, he might as well be in the rankings. Especially if he keeps finishing people. And the, and the other thing, too, for me, man... I. He could have potentially gotten Michelle Pieta out of there. So, and he felt that he just wasn't on his, you know, he wasn't at his best during that fight. So, I and he's showing it. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm Me a too. fan. Yeah, and Andre Fiala's got good stand-up, good boxing, good stand-up. Trains with Henry Hoof in San Fernando in South Florida. And they have, Henry Hoof's one of the best striking coaches, one of the best set coaches all of MMA. It's been like that for the last 10 years, so. That definitely is a great fit for him. You can see why. Plus, he's, I'm pretty sure he's trained with Usman when he was there, Gilbert Burns, and all these other guys that got over there, you know, Chandler. And I mean, he's definitely a world class fighter training with world class uh, world class training partners in a great gym. And Jacob Matthews, he is coming, his last fight was a loss against Sean Brady, who Sean Brady's in the rank number eight. But before they had won three in a row, beating Emil Mick, Dale Sanchez, and, um, and Rustin Achman. Jake Matthews looking to bounce back after not fighting for a year. I'm not sure this is the right guy to go against in Andre Fialo, considering how good Fialo has, has looked. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't like Matthews' chances, but if Matthews can pull the upset, I mean, he possibly could, but I, I'm not leaning towards that. Like I said, I'm excited for this fight. The price is this low in the prelims. The price not the main event, considering what Fialo's done. I mean, if Fialo does another great performance, I, his next fight cannot be this slow in the prelims. Yeah, it can't be. And I know Brandon Allen is, uh, uh, you know, he's a highlight real guy himself. But I don't, you know, I man, I, I'm, he, I'm just excited that Andre Fialo is back. I'm excited. Can't wait. This Saturday, it's it's the prelims start 8 p.m. on ESPN, I believe, for ESPN Plus. The early prelims mm -hmm. start 6:30. And then 10 p.m. The East Coast for pay-per-view. Uh, not it's it's a typical pay-per-view. It's not going to change. I thought it would because of Singapore and time difference, but it's not. So people in Singapore, I guess they get wake up early for fights over there. Or you mean 
it's the first UFC show in Singapore. You know, I know Singapore has had a lot of big one fights, one championship fights there, but first time for them to get a UFC card, UFC pay-per-view there, so it's going to be big. The crowd definitely be definitely have a definitely have a big crowd there considering they're used to big MMA events there in Singapore, one championship. Yeah, but also I think, you know, if they pre-tape it, I don't wait, is it going to be live? Yes, yeah, live. Yeah, they're not pre-taped. It's live. Oh, it's not going to be pre-taped. It's going to be live. Whoa, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. pay-per-view. It is live. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, if, if, yeah, it's going to be live. Hey, whatever. They're going to get the arena pack, man. I know they're going to get the arena pack. I'm excited. We got two titles on the line. Two five-round fights. We got the bullet. Is the bullet's back in the ring, man? Yeah. The bullet's back. Prohaska's back. Shangwei Lee versus Joanna too. Joanna's back. Check is back, man. Let's go. The return is the return. That's definitely awesome. Very excited. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for this pay per view. Looking forward to it. Definitely gonna be a great, great pay per view. Especially, the, especially the four fights I mentioned. We mentioned the main card, and of course Andre Fialo, and and who knows? Somebody's have a great performance in the prelims. Somebody. Some I will. We'll definitely talk about them next week. Oh, and, yeah. There's going to be some excitement. And before we go, I just want to mention this briefly, just quickly. Um, speaking of returns, there a big fight just got announced for August in the bandweight division between Dominic Cruz and Cheeto Vera. They're going to headline on August 13th card. Yeah, August 13th, August 6th. They're going to main, main event um, the event for that night. It's going to be a five-rounders, an important fight in the bandweight division. Especially, I think whoever has a great performance in that fight is definitely going to fight for the title next, potentially. It would make sense considering Chio Vera's built name for himself, exciting fights. And Diamond Cruz is Diamond Cruz. And if he could beat someone like Chio Vera, I mean, he may cut the line and get a title fight. And Chio beats Dominic, so I can yeah. finish him. It's hard to deny Chio a title fight. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a big fight. I can't wait to break that down with you. I can't wait to watch that. That's that's a title that's a title contender eliminator right there. I'm ex- I'm excited. I, I I love both of them too. It's the two guys I really high on. I really enjoy Tito and Dominic. So I can't wait. Tito has been putting on some solid performances, man. That Frankie Edgar knockout is vicious to this day. Yes, front kick, the raw font performances where he just destroyed raw font, Spike, spiking out landed by raw fonts all by a large yeah. margin. Yeah, it is a Sean O'Malley fight. We gave Sean's first loss. I mean, yeah, that's the the famous picture of him doing the front kick on Frank Yeager. You know, Peter talked about Ferguson, the picture of Ferguson in front kick. Oh, Edgar. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just not, yeah, it's a vicious knockout for for Cheeto. Cheeto got power, man. Cheeto got power. That's the one thing you got. That's the one thing you got to worry about Cheeto. It's the power of him. He's got pop. He's. I mean. Frankie knows, Font knows. I mean, Sean Malley knows. I, you know, he hit the right nerve and, and Dominic up his leg. is called plenty. And Dominic is called plenty of Cheetos fights, so he knows himself. Yes, that's right. Good point. That's an excellent point. Can't wait to break down. Let's see what happens. Dominic's one of the smart minds in MMA, so that's why his fight's so compelling. Got a young, hungry guy in the rice who's talented against the old vet who's still up there. Still good. Who's got the knowledge that Dominic Cruz has? He's called a lot of Shield fights, so 
Can't wait. Like I said, we'll break more. We'll break this down in August when the, when we get there. But just want to bring that up because that's big news. Can't wait for that. And I think that's about it for the show. Oh yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to MMA Weekly with Austin and Chef Dan, where we're breaking down all things MMA, the punches, the kicks, the elbows, elbows, and the choking them out. Submissions. And these two. And these. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I ain't bringing it. Oh, you know what? Yeah, one time. Yeah. Yeah. As Dan tries to you know, lift up his knee. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're sitting down. We can't do it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do any more than that. I'm going to catch a crap before I have to head to work. But uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us, whether that be on the YouTube platform or in the podcast platforms. That's Anchor, that's uh, Spotify, that's iTunes, iHeartRadio. Google Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Spreaker. Thank you guys so much. Continue to support the brand as we keep it growing and we keep giving you more and more. And we're soon gonna give we're we're soon gonna change and evolve the show and get it better and better. Please guys support uh, uh if you guys want to. The the cash app's right there. Uh put it up one more time. Cash app's right there. Everything will go right back into giving the uh, product an upgrade that way we can give you guys better uh you know quality information and better quality shows but once again thank you guys so much and peace yes and um definitely and thank you guys for listening and watching us whether it's podcast platform chef dan mentioned also here on youtube we just got five thousand. so like, like i said earlier me and dan said earlier thank you guys we appreciate getting five thousand. we got we appreciate the love support from everyone that's subscribed is watch that's watch us where you even if you have subscribed to us please subscribe you know hopefully you subscribe to the channel and definitely and we, we appreciate your love support those of you who watch us we appreciate everybody we thank you guys so i said for five thousand subs and a toast to five thousand more subscribers and this is mata not beer mata india if you're puerto rican or cuba you know this drink but yeah salute to everyone salute to all of you we appreciate the love support everyone's given us And I'm awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live!